Praise the Lord, people of God. Good morning, good morning. As we go before our Father, giving Him glory to get our day started, I wanted each and every person to take the time to take a deep breath and just thank God for waking you up this morning. Let's just ask Him to forgive us of our sins. I know some of us might feel like we don't sin, but we do. Even a negative thought or getting upset or complaining about anything is a sin. So let's go before the Lord and just let's get calm. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you this morning for your mercy and your grace. We thank you, Lord, for each day of helping us to your Holy Spirit to apply your word to our life, to every challenges and negativity, to love, mercy, and grace, to every situation we go through or to situation we see other people go through. We thank you for keeping love in our hearts, and we thank you for the forgiveness of our sins, and we thank you for giving us the strength to forgive others. We thank you for wisdom, and we thank you for spiritual enlightenment by opening up our spiritual eyes and ears to hear what your Holy Spirit is saying. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in our lives. You're welcome to dwell in our body as we obey our Father and keep our house clean. We ask, oh God, this morning, help us not to use or yield our body to be used for unrighteousness in any way, shape, or form. Help our minds, God, that even when we hear negativity, we think of things that are holy and true. Help our mouths, Lord, when we speak, no matter how angry our situation might make us, to speak blessings. Help our arms and our legs, O oh God, to run after righteousness and to help even those that don't love us. Let your peace and your mercy and your grace resides upon us. We ask forgiveness for us and our children, O oh God for breaking your commandments in any way, shape, or form. We're not just speaking words, but truly in our hearts. Help us to turn from those things that are not pleasing to you. Give us the strength to conquer every weakness that will cause us to go to hell. We ask, O oh God, that you cover the babies in the ICUs and the babies in the regular wards of the hospitals on this earth. We pray, O oh God, that your warring angels move to protect your people north, south, east, and west on this earth. We pray, O oh God, that every spirit of unrighteousness that tries to do mischief, that tries to murder, that tries to take innocent lives, that tries to hurt, confuse, betray, deceive, sow discard and division. We bind them, God, and we cast them back down to the pits of hell where they came from. We speak this over north, south, east, and west of the earth. We lift up the tribes of Israel. We lift up especially, Lord, the tribes of Judah. We ask, O oh God, as you pour more of your spirit into them, as they come forward to lead your people the right way, as their hearts and their minds be turned from anything that's not of you, as their desire become that only of being in your presence and seeking your face. Holy Spirit, I ask that you lead and guide me. 
I ask that you take full control of this prayer. I ask that you move to the spiritual realm. Pick up those that are in need of a word, in need of a prayer, in need of intercession this morning. I pray for those whose hearts are broken. I pray for those who are hurt. I pray for those who lost a loved one. I pray for those that have bad news from a doctor. I pray for those that feel like suicide is the only way out. I pray for those that are pregnant but are not sure what they want to do. I pray for those that need a job. I pray for those that can't move or have lost a limb. I pray for those that are bedridden. I pray for those that in their mind mentally unstable. I pray for those that have been falsely accused. I pray for those that's facing impossible situation. But Lord, with you, all things are possible. I pray for those that's looking for peace in idols and through people when it can only be found in you. I pray for those that don't know you, Jesus. I pray for those that are searching, but they're looking at how people are behaving and they're assuming that that's who you are, God. I pray for those that are being abused. I pray for those that are being stalked by an evil spirit. I pray for the leaders of the nation, Lord, that you will use them. Let your spirit guide them according to your word and your will for them. I pray that you will give them wisdom to lead nations according to your word. I pray, O oh God, that their homes be peaceful. I pray when they feel they're overwhelmed, that you bless their minds and your spirit speaks to them, Lord. I pray for the doctors and the nurses that are overwhelmed. I pray for marriages ordained by you that are trying to come apart because God people are not facing you they're not putting you first they're not putting you in anything I pray for the selfishness of man that you would change their hearts I pray for those that kill and rape senselessly I ask oh God that your will be done I pray God that you level this field let your prayer warriors pray without ceasing. Let your holy prophets rise with power. Father, we can't do anything without you. We know that you exist. We know that you are God all by yourself. We pray for the homeless, Lord. We pray for the sick the hungry, the lost. We pray, God, for those that have left the faith because they got hurt. We pray, God, for the naysayers, the backbiters, the murmurers, the gossipers, the slanderers, according to your word against your people. Father, we pray your will upon them, in them, and through them. We pray, God, no weapon formed against your people shall prosper. And every tongue that rise against them, 
I return unto them sevenfold. For this is your will, and this is the inheritance of those that belong to you, that you deem righteous in your eyes. We pray, O oh God, for the leaders that are weary. We pray, O oh God, for the heaviness of sin upon every nation. We pray, O oh God, for every disease and sickness that have been loosed upon this earth by the choices of men. We pray, O oh God, that your blood, Jesus, covers the school where the children are throughout this entire world. We pray, O oh God, that you disrupt every human trafficking ring, every wrong, every hateful word, every act of disobedience, every plot that sets to harm, kill, hurt, or drive your people away from the path you have set before them. We pray, O oh God, that you hear your people. We pray, O oh God, for peace in the hearts of your people. We pray, O oh God, for joy because of who you are, Holy Spirit. Remove every hindering spirit from your people, Ramaseke. Randalo Ramahita Rindikirondorobose. Merandurio Dorolebe la Haletin Kindaradiasi. Sever God, every soul tie, every ancestral curse from off of your people and off of their children and their children, children, and their children, children. Keep us where only you can keep us. Lord, thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. Father, hear someone's cry tonight. Father, hear them as they feel like they're not worth living. You created them and they're special in your eyes. No situation is too big for you to handle. I pray, oh God. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. The word of God says in Matthew chapter 6. He says, when you pray, for those of you that don't know God, for those of you that do know God, he says, go in your room, close the door behind you, and pray to your Father who's in secret. And when you pray, this is how you must pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy be thy name. in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all that is evil. For dying is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We pray, O oh God, your warring angels be loosed around your people as you tell me what to say to your people, God. And I bless your name. 
Hallelujah. I want to talk to you guys about Matthew chapter 6 and the meaning of that prayer. Um, we want to discuss what it means to pray the Our Father prayer piece by piece. I've discussed this before in a different um, format. But we're going to do this for those of you that, you know, you travel and then you need to know what you need to know right now. Right, right now. So we're going to we're going to talk about Matthew chapter six, 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 six. Glory to God. I hope you guys are doing well today. I want you to remember that. Listen. No matter what you're going through, God always makes a way. Most of the time, he shows us our attitude towards our situation. We get mad at him and we're, we would say, like, Lord, why am I going through this? I didn't do this and this and this. But he has to kind of strengthen your character and your gifts. And so when you have a baby and that baby just learning to walk, you have to kind of let that baby learn to walk by himself because his legs got to get stronger. Amen. And so the Lord, it doesn't mean that God is not there with you. He's there with you. But if we put God first, like the word of God said, put ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and he'll grant you the desires of your heart. Okay. But if your heart belongs to God, then the desires that's in there that might seem impossible to you is actually something that God put there for your sake. It comes from it comes from the Lord. Amen. So I want to talk to you guys about um, the meaning of the prayer, right? In Matthew chapter six. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, I always try to take my time when. Um, I'm doing anything with the word of God because you're held accountable if you misquote anything. So you want to ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you, when, especially when you're teachers of other people uh, or you're, you're bringing the word to someone else from God. You want to make sure that you're in the will of God and that you bring that word the way God wants you to bring it. If it's with judgment, then you do that. And if it's with um, understanding, then you do that. If it's with interpretation, then you do that. But whatever way he tells you to bring it, that is how you bring it, okay? God talks about in Matthew chapter 6, um, starting at the 5th verse. And he says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corner, on the, on, and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. As surely I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their words. And what 
Jesus is saying there, when you pray, don't use vain repetition. Don't repeat things over and over because you feel like that, that God will hear you if you repeat something over and over and over. God actually gets angry at this because if someone is talking to you and that person um, repeats something to you five or ten times and you're looking like at them like, do you think I'm deaf? I can hear you. You understand? And and it goes both ways. If someone is 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 letting you understand that I understand what you're saying, you don't have to repeat yourself to me in that way. Okay? No disrespect to um anyone that's that's um you know created a certain way. God loves all of us, but we want to understand that ignorance is not a good thing to have. And when someone is, this is what God is saying, when someone is talking to you and they're repeating that same thing over and over and over and over and over and over to you, what it's saying is that, oh man, um, you think I don't have understanding? That's the nicest word I can find for it. Because remember, our words must be uplifting too. Um, you think I don't have understanding and you get angry. So think about how God feels when you're praying to him. And you're repeating something over and over and over again. Most of the time when somebody repeats something to you, it's because they don't have faith in you. That's an area of your life they don't have faith in you in. So understand when you're repeating something to God over and over and over and over again, it means you didn't believe him the first time. But if you have faith in someone and I say, can you please bring me that bag of uh, from off the table? then you know you know that person's character and you know that person will bring that bag for you and then you say thank you so this is god when you go before god if you know god's character and you know god loves his children and you know god is holy and you go before god with a humble heart and remember you have to repent of your sins don't ever feel like you can approach god without asking forgiveness for your sins and actually changing your heart posture for this you go before God and you ask forgiveness for your sins and you, you humble yourself and you, you start talking to them just like you talk to your friends or you talk to someone that you trust. And, and I, I, I advise everyone, encourage everyone is the word I want to say, to spend at least five minutes when you get up in the morning in your closet or in your bed, just sit there or lay there and just talk to God from your heart, you know. And, and you talk to him about your cares and what you need and what bothers you. And if you do that every day, you're building a relationship with him. You will see the results of that relationship you start building with God. That way you don't have to, when you ask God for help or you ask God for something, you know that you know that you know God is going to answer you. Why? Because you know his character. Remember I just said, if you ask someone to bring something from off the table for you, and you know that person's character is very humble and obedient, that person will do that. If you know God's character is, he loves his children, and you know who God is, and you have been obedient, you know God will answer you. Amen? So um, it says, therefore, do not be like them. He's telling you, don't repeat things to him over and over and over again, and you think that's prayer. When you see people doing that, it tells a lot about the person's character and it tells a lot that you need to get closer with God 
and it, it tells you that you're either scared or you have um most of it is you really don't know him and you don't have faith but he's he's telling you to get to know him that's why five minutes a day when you get up in the morning first thing put god first talk to him talk to him everybody i hear some people say i don't know how to pray you can talk you can talk with, with however way you talk to him from that from that way how you communicate amen and he is an all-seeing all-knowing god he will hear you he will see you he's there as long as you're coming from the heart right and he says um in this manner therefore pray our father in heaven we are acknowledging that he is the god of abraham isaac and jacob that he's in heaven and you're on earth holy be your name you're acknowledging that god is holy He's holy and righteous. When we try to put God in a different light, to make him unholy, to make it seem like God is okay with my sin. God is okay if I lie. God is okay if I keep doing wrong. No, he's not. He's holy. He's holy. Holy. Are you okay when someone lies to you? Are you okay when someone sins against you? Are you okay when someone mocks you or belittles you? No. So why would you think God that has never sinned would be okay with that behavior from us? Hallelujah. It says, "Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." Your kingdom, the kingdom of God is joy, peace and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So you're coming before God. If the Holy Spirit is in you and your the will of God is in you, you're coming before God. You understand? And then you're praying for his perfect will to be done according to heaven's orders on earth. You're praying for it to align spiritually and physically. Uh uh give us this day our daily bread. Now, you're praying about your needs for that day. Notice the prayer covers that day. Some people are like, "Well, I asked God for this and this and this today and he didn't give it to me. That's because you didn't need it. It wasn't mandatory for you." God gives you what you need, not what you want. You're praying about that specific day. You're saying, "Lord, because he says take it one day at a time, remember." He says, "One day has enough troubles by itself." So, you're praying about that day. You're saying, "Lord, I'm giving you control of my day." I'm asking you to take control of it. God provide what I need for today according to your will for my life. Father, whatever you see fit that I need, then you provide it for me. And I thank you in the name of your son Jesus. Okay, it uh, uh, uh it says and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, <laughs> what it means when you are asking God, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. They have different version of this but it has the same meaning. It mean as you forgive other people for their sin against you, that's how God is going to see you. So if you didn't forgive someone that owed you $20 and you have a debt collector and you go before God, Lord, provide my need today. Guess what? That's not going to be provided today. Why? Because you're breaking what he said. You he said forgive so that I can forgive you. That's how God gets mercy and grace to you. Remember God does not want all this stuff going on in this world. But God is a God of order. 
as sure as there is righteousness and holiness and good people in the world, there is unholiness and bad people in the world. So you have to balance it. This prayer is especially for those that are starting to walk or those that have never got to know who Jesus Christ is. You're, you're listening to the churches and you're seeing all the different things and you're confused. So this is a prayer for you. This is how God says you must start with him. Go in your room, open your Bible to Matthew chapter 6. Start at, you can start at the whole chapter and sit right there and talk to him like I'm talking to you. Like how you're listening to me. And say, Lord, I need to know you for myself. I don't want to know you through other people. I want to know you for myself because I hear so many different things, but... I just want to be in a relationship with you for who you are. Okay? So remember, you have to forgive other people in order for you to be forgiven. How you forgive other people is how God is going to forgive you. How you come against other people is what is going to be allowed to come against you. You say, God, no. What you reap is what you're going to sow. You're telling, remember, it's half and half. You have half that's fighting for righteousness and you have half that's fighting to gain control with a sinful nature. So the half that's fighting for righteousness, when things are being done, you have to use wisdom. And when you're praying, you have to remember, I can't hold this against this person. I can't do this against this person. I can't speak this against this person. I can't steal from this person. Why? Because you're telling the other half that's living in unrighteousness is okay for it to be done to me. And that's not okay because God is telling you it's not okay. So a basic thing, when you're doing this prayer, it might seem simple, but it's very detailed. You must forgive, not just with your mouth. You have to literally get up. And if you've hurt someone or you've done someone wrong, say, I'm really sorry. I'm trying to do this walk with God. And I feel like I need to ask you to forgive me and forgive. They'll forgive you. Even if they don't forgive you, you do your part and you let it go. Amen. Um, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So you're asking God to help you from being tempted. People think temptation is just one area. Temptation is every area. Temptation is when people speak to you angry. You might go to the store and someone just have a bad day and they speak angry and they upset you. And you're tempted to want to say something back to them the same way they said it to you. That That's tempted. So you're praying and saying, Lord, keep me from being tempted by the evil one. Keep me from anything the enemy wishes for me to come out of your will, to come out of your walk, to come out of um, knowing that I'm pleasing to you. Keep me from, from coming against that in your word. Amen. So you, you're asking him to keep you, to keep you from the evil one, which is the enemy. So you want to understand that. Then it says, um, verse 14, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Which is what I was just saying to you guys. Um, you cannot think it's okay to sin against people. Or people cannot think it's okay to sin against you. And it's okay. God is saying you have to forgive people of the sin that they've committed against you. Why? Because you have a lot of things and you have a lot of sin that you need to be forgiven of. And I, I, I'm telling you, we all have fallen short of the glory of God. 
every day for us is a new day that we're walking to get stronger with God. We're not better than the next person. Um, the difference between us and other people is the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, dwell within us, that teaches us and lead us and guide us. So God is talking to us. I know that thing hurt you, but I need to heal you. I can't bring healing to you unless, excuse me, unless you forgive. I can't do it. You have to forgive. You understand? That is God's way of getting to you the things that you need some of us we might feel like oh well you know what lord you don't know what that person has done or you don't know how that friend betrayed me yes he does he sent his son and think about it everything jesus christ went through on the ground and then on the cross and then went to hell and took back life and debt for us so we had power if we obey god according to his will for our lives we cannot say we are children of God and then we're doing what we want to do and not obeying him. A lot of us don't want to humble ourselves because it's better to look like you can stand up for yourself than to be humble and let God stand up for you. But that that garment of love, that garment of forgiveness, forgiveness, Thank you, Holy Spirit, that God is talking to you about. It's your armor. It's your armor. Ephesians 6, put on the full armor of God. The next next um, segment I do will be on the armor of God so you can understand what it really means. It's not just, oh, I put on the shoes of uh, uh, the gospel of peace. Oh, I put on my shield of righteousness. Oh, I put on my helmet of peace and it's words. No, you have to live it to have those armor. You literally have to live righteously before God. You have to be in a relationship with God to attain that type of level of discipline. You have to. The Bible says, be holy for I am holy. God says, be holy for he's holy. It's a command. So we're discussing the the, the thing of forgiveness. Do you have to be uh, in a relationship with the person or do you have to be around the person if you forgive them? No. But because you love God, you forgive. Because you know you're, you're weak and you're in a human flesh and you've committed a lot of sin that God is not pleased with. We might think, oh, well, that person murdered over there or that person did this over there. And all I did was tell a little lie. It's the same thing. The Bible says if you break one of my commandments, you have broken all of them. I hear a lot of people say, uh, I am the head, I'm not the tail. I am blessed above and not beneath. But nobody explains the whole thing. The Bible says, if you keep all of my commandments, all of it, you can't break not one of it. And the only way you can do that is through the Holy Spirit. He says, I'll make you the head and not the tail. What is God saying? He's saying, if you love me, and then you would obey me. If you say you love God, but you don't obey him, how do you love him? If someone tells you they love you every day and they do things to hurt you every day, you as a human person gets angry and can see that person doesn't love you. So how do you think God sees it, him being so infinite, so mighty, so grand, so intelligent, so beautiful, when you 
don't show him that you love him by the way you carry yourself and spending time with him. You can't do this on your own. You need God to do this. But you have to make up your mind every day along with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to obey the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is so gentle. He tells you, I don't want you to, to, to do that. I know they hurt you, but I don't want you to hurt them back. I want you to give it to me so I can heal you. And pray for them that I can heal them. That they don't do that again or do it to other people. Is that hard to see God like that? Or are we above God that we try to tell God how we should treat other people? God has an order. And he has it in heaven and he has it on earth. The Bible says that God does nothing unless he reveals it to his prophets. His prophets. Do you think God's prophets are talking to you about money and wealth? Or do you think God's prophet, God, the real God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, would be talking to you about getting yourself right before God, asking God to forgive you of your sins, and repenting of those sins, that you would make it into eternal life with him? This battle has been going on long before you exist. And if we don't get to see the rapture, it'll go on until that happens, until judgment comes. But you have to make up your mind. Because people keep gambling like they, their life is guaranteed. Like you know if you're going to make it to the next second of the day. I recently suffered a loss. I actually suffered four. Four loss. In over a period of, of a couple months. But one hit close to home. And, and it made me think, like, you can be here today and what you do matters. How you live your life right now matters where you're going, heaven or hell. Yes, God loves you. And I know in your mind you want to think that God is not like that. But he is. You're like that too. Think about it. If someone keeps cheating on you and hurting you, would you stay with that person? Would you believe that person loves you? God is not like people. God is holy and he's mighty. And he's giving each and every person a choice to make. And when you make that choice, you have to walk it out. It's not, oh, I'm saved now and I can still go clubbing. I can still do this. I can still do this. No. We have to study. We have to stay in the presence of God. And everything that we go through, he's with us. Some things you don't understand. And some things really hurt. But do you love him enough to trust him with your life? Do you love him enough to know that your choices that you're making if someone saw you say you love God and you're a Christian, and then those same people see you doing wrong, mocking him, think about it. The Bible says that the righteous barely makes it. We barely make it in. Why? Because our way is very disciplined. But it's because God loves us. 
God loves us. So, Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for the peace and the love you put in my heart. I thank you, God, for the ups and the downs. I thank you for the hurt and the loss. I bless your name, Father. You are in full control of my life. I don't have a dictation of my life, Lord. I, I just have you. And you tell me daily how to move and what to do. And I appreciate that. I pray, God, that this word reach those that need to hear it. I pray, God, that they sit and have a personal relationship with you. I pray, oh God, for their souls and their hearts in restoration with you. And I thank you. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the love you make me feel every day. The comfort that you comfort me. I appreciate you. We ask forgiveness for our sins, Lord. For holding in hurt that people hurt us. For anything that makes us feel rejected. We know you love us because you created us so beautiful, Lord. Each and every person. And we thank you. We are not a mistake. We weren't put here to be abused and talked down to and be mistreated. We were put here, God, because we are the beautiful part of you. And we thank you. I lift up my brothers and sisters that are angry, God, because they're taking so much hurt in. And they took their eyes off of you. And I bless your name. Holy Spirit, I can't do anything without you. And I thank you. Bless them, God. Whatever, according to your word for them, whatever it is that they're coming to you for, I pray for your will for their life. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for Earl being in heaven with you. I don't understand, but you do. I thank you for your grace that you gave us. That it was so long. I thank you for your mercy that you've given us on this earth. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I pray for those that despitefully use and want to abuse us and say all type of mean stuff to your people, God. We pray for their souls. We pray for them, God. We pray that they'll come to know you and love you and change the way they feel, Lord, to their heart posture. We give you glory and honor. And I thank you for this word. We bind and renounce every spirit of retaliation. And we loose your warring angels to stand guard around your people and wherever they are. And we seal this prayer with the blood of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You guys be blessed. Know that Jesus loves you. God the Father loves you. And the Holy Spirit loves you. And he's so desperately waiting to come and help you and guide you and fill you up so you can feel so much love and he can teach you how to handle what you're trying to handle by yourself and you weren't created to do that. Remember, respond with love. Love you until I see you next time. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for another day with you. We give you glory and honor. As we come before you, Lord, we ask for the forgiveness of our sins. We ask that you forgive us in the body of Christ. We ask that you forgive our children and our family members that are out of your will. Father, we thank you for another day yet to praise you. We thank you for this holy day. We bless your name. Continue, God, to input into us. Pour out more of your spirit into us. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us understand that we depend solely on you, Lord, and no one else. And we thank you. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all that is evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to welcome our guest, which is Pastor Tahedrin Robinson and Prophetess Ebony Alcine. Hello. Say, Hello. Really? You guys have to, like, tell the people who you are and... That is to you, really. Just hello. I, I apologize. <laughs> my, my name is Ebony Alcin, and I'm prophetess in training. Um, I've been walking with the Lord for eight years. Um, it's a it's a it's a tough journey, but it's the most best journey that you'll ever go. God loves us, and God is very disciplined. And when it comes to his word, he doesn't play with his word. But he has joy whenever someone repents and they want to know what God's will is for their life. There's nothing that you can't do that God won't forgive you of your sins as long as you confess it. It's only one sin that God doesn't forgive, and that's blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. So if you feel like no matter what you did, no matter how many times you try, you can't get it. Something in your spirit is just functioning to you to just, you know, get to know God. 
Um, I believe you should step on it and just ask God to come into your life and you'll see the miraculous works and deeds that he does in your life. You just have to trust him no matter how hard it gets. It's not going to be for your understanding, but rest assured, once you lean on him, everything that he wants and how he does things, it's going to be for your best interest. So I've been walking with God for eight years, and every year he teaches me something different. So um, it's a growing thing, and I'm honored that I could be on this podcast podcast with my brother and sister in Christ. Amen. Amen. Pastor T. Hi everybody, my name is Tahijan Robinson. I'm a pastor in training. Um been walking this walk since two thousand and five. And um <clears throat> I just wanna say um you know, it's a pleasure to be on this podcast, to get a chance to talk to, um, talk, learn um, more about God um, and be serious with it because God is a serious God and, you know, he's not a God that take things lightly. He does love us, but he also wants us to keep his commandments. So in everything we're learning, um, <clears throat> the ways of God and, and what he likes and his dislikes and how we have to be obedient. We learned a lot of stuff in these um, podcasts, these lessons that God has us going over. Um, so I'm thankful that for everybody who's able to listen and to join in to um, hear the teaching today um, that the Lord is about to give. Um, open up your hearts to him and just listen. Hmm. What would you guys um say to young people or just single people in waiting um that's waiting on their spouses for God before we get into the talk today? What advice could you give a single man and what advice could you give a single woman um that's waiting on the Lord the right way? Because we know what the world is offering is not what God is telling us. So how would you um encourage someone? Um, for me, how I encourage them is, like, I can only speak from my experience and what God has done for me. Um, the Lord told, um, told me, like, as soon as I came into ministry, I was going to get married again. And then he revealed my husband to me two years ago. And one thing is that you have to know your value in God. Because when God gives you a spouse, it's his best that he's going to give you. And I know, like, sometimes it's hard to, um, like, sometimes you feel lonely. Um, but know that God, you, you have God, and God sometimes sends you a sister in Christ to walk with you that understands what you're going through. And they may be walking in the same waiting period, too. Um, never settle. Um, though the enemy will try to send his minions to try to tempt you, just know that as long as you submit onto God and say, Lord, um, please cover me. I don't want to be involved in this type of situation. God is not going to fault you when you're coming clean to him and saying, Lord, I have 
this issue and I need you to help me. And God will intervene in that situation. Um, you have to know your value in God. You have to know that you are God's daughter. You is you are his prized possession. And you shouldn't settle for anything that the enemy will give you. And the more and more you go to him, then you realize, you know what? I It's easy for me just to sit and wait. Um, I understand that I have a purpose in God. And also understand that when your spouse does come and God brings you with your spouse, it's about kingdom business. Though God adds the love um, into that marriage, but love is not enough to keep a marriage intact. It's a working matter. And we have to go in and priority like, what it mean this person have to do for God. Always have that in mind. Um, always have higher thoughts about marriage and not fleshly thoughts about marriage. As long as you have a real relationship with God and you stay connected with him, it's going to be easier for you to wait on your spouse. And God can bless you with a friend or um, an elder who's with you and that constantly talks to you and say, you know what? You know your purpose, because if you allow yourself to get contaminated in that waiting process, all those gifts God has given you spiritually will be taken away from you because we have to be holy. And think about it. Whenever you've been, whenever you're getting tempted, it's something that the enemy sees in you that you don't realize that you have that God has given you right now in your war, in your, um, in your single period in your waiting period you are very powerful so at this time whenever god reveals your spouse to you take the time to work on yourself whatever you need to get rid of which what my problem was insecurities and i still have those things um whether you have to get get ready for credit um if you have children at home um get your house in order and then also when you're in prayer pray for your spouse because whatever you're going through they may go be going through the same thing or even double so always keep that in mind that you're worth the you are worth the weight and your spouse is worth the weight and when you do everything according to god's will then everything will be perfect so do your do your praying now. Do your fasting now. Do your warfare against anything that the enemy may try to set upon your marriage now. And you'll be successful in God. Amen, amen. Pastor T? Um, I would say um, <clears throat> during the time in the process, you know, one, you have to... Keep your mind focused on God, not on the individual. Um, keep yourself busy, stay in His Word. <clears throat> um, yeah, the, the the enemy will try to tempt you or whatever, but the the more you stay into God, the stronger you are. The more you stay into God, the more you don't get distracted, and you take your eyes off God. It's just like. Um, Peter um, and Jesus, when Jesus walked on water, he told him to come out. Once he took his eyes off of him, he started sinking. Um, you can't take your eyes off the Lord. 
Um, that's why he he will constantly keep you, you know, at bay. He will tell you, hey, listen, I need you to pray right this time. I need you to do this. I need to do that because it's more of just one, you're doing his will. Two, he's keeping your mind away from the worldly things and on him at all times. Because once we get distracted, the enemy tries to creep in. So I will say, um, be, be patient. Um, um, wait on the Lord and just do his will. Um, seek him because as a man of God, you have to seek God. You have to seek him for to, to know who God is about to allow to be in your life. What are the things you need to do, the preparation time for the person who's coming. Um, but it's not to, it's not to, um, get focused on the preparation for the person but just to stay praying to the lord and he will reveal it at times on what this person the person likes or anything else about the individual just like adam you have to keep your focus on god and you and then he'll bring it it's not in our timing but it's in his timing um yes the word said he finds a wife but you have to find god first and then god will let that person come to you um so the whole focus is on staying focused on the lord and not anything else amen 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 so we we i thank you guys for your outlook on um your walk with god and how you're telling people um how they can well, what to focus on instead of the problem or the issues or the gift, amen, um, to focus on God and his mercy and his grace and who he is. And while you're in the waiting period, just do what God is asking you to do and not just focus on, oh, I want this or I want this or I want this. And then you'll find out that you'll get to it much faster than if you're looking at it, amen. Um Today, the Lord wants us to break down the explanation of the armor of God. I've been hearing a lot of people saying that nobody's teaching about the armor of God. So we're going to teach the armor of God today and what the Holy Spirit, um, in detail, what God and the Holy Spirit is saying, um, what the, our, each piece means under the word of God. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, starting at the 10th verse. Glory to God. Um, so verse 10, starting, said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly realm. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that ye, that ye may be able to withstand in an evil day and having all done to still stand, basically to stand. So let's talk about what is the Lord talking about when he says um, we must take up the whole armor not just pieces of the armor right he says because we're not battling against flesh and blood 
So who can talk to me about what does he mean when he says you're not battling against flesh and blood? So you're not battling against the physical part of life. Like you're not battling against what's in front of you and eyesight in the physical. Um, our warfare is in the spirit. So how we fight about like say a situation um, happens in the in the physical like um say like you have something going on like financial um if you stay in the flesh you would worry about it you would stress about it you would do all that stuff but when you take it in the spirit you find out okay lord all right lord this is a problem that's happening i need to talk to you about this i need help and i need direction i need wisdom and then you pray about it. When you take it into the spirit, we fight on our knees. Our spiritual armor, part of our spiritual war- armor is prayer in the word of God. Whenever you receive, like when you see something with your eyes, because um, faith is something that things hope for and the evidence of things not seen. So our faith is something that you can't see. Um, but... When you go into prayer, you're like, okay, Lord, I trust in you that this situation will be, it will, you will sort it out. And that's how we fight. We don't fight physically where we stress about it. We go try to do stuff on our own terms. We fight on our knees and say, Lord, um, please give me direction. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and also, um, if we, if we supposed to be following our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, uh, he never, he never dealt with the flesh. He always dealt with the spirit. You know, he, um, each time it was a situation, he did, when he seen somebody come, as if the, who was it, the guy who had the, the legion of demons, the guy in the cave, you know, he didn't, he, he spoke to what was inside of him and made that come out. And then they were, they know who he was they were so afraid because they knew he was the son of God. Um, um, we we never fight against the flesh. God says everything starts in the in the spirit first. Mm-hmm. Even when it comes to things that's to come, it's a spiritual thing. It's things we can't see with our eyes, and we have to deal with it on our knees um, in deep prayer, um, fighting. Um, we have. Uh, the battle will always start there before it starts anywhere. If we can stop it before, stop it in the spirit, um, fighting spiritually, we can stop it before it manifests in the physical. Mm. Um, so I know that's um, one thing I've always noticed reading the, the 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 gospel is Jesus always knew he 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 always spoke to that spirit. He spoke to it real fast, and they knew who he was because. Um, like the word says, we don't battle against flesh and blood. We battle against principalities and spirits of high places. You know, um, so it is. It's always ongoing battle in the spiritual war, um, spiritual realm, before it comes to the physical realm. But um, for for we we're, we're gonna come down a little more because um, to the the Lord is talking to us about we're we're not battling a person right we're, we're battling what's inside that person it's not 
when that person is wicked or that person is saying things or trying to do things or trying to hinder you he's letting you know that's not the person it's what's inside of the person now i want to ask a very important question um we hear a lot of people say that they're christian right mm-hmm. we hear a lot of people say that they're christian and all, all we're talking about is going to is going to um anchor even more and encourage you even more to see if you have the armor on the right way the proper way right so we hear a lot of people say they're christians but um how do you know that before we can even go and say we can battle anything because you can't battle against principalities of darkness if you don't belong to god and you don't have his holy spirit inside of you right mm-hmm. so for people that don't have the holy spirit are they a christian no ma'am how 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 does that do you can you explain that to me is that in the word oh, I, I apologize yes ma'am um they are not they're not they don't belong to god because they don't have his holy spirit um it's found in romans 8 where god says that if you do not have my spirit then you are, you do not belong to me you are not my child and then it goes another step further wait, with if you don't speak in diverse tongues, mm-hmm. you have to speak in the Holy Spirit, but you can't only have one tongue. The Holy Spirit speaks many languages. So if you don't have your, a prayer language that's consistently changing in different tongues, then that's that's not evidence of the Holy Spirit. And also you have to have a light in your forehead. Whenever your brother and sister in Christ sees you um, spiritually, they'll see a, a, a light in the middle of your forehead proving evidence of the Holy Spirit within you. Amen. So Romans 8 verses, chapter 8 verses, um, let's go from 5 to 11. Because remember, we're discussing the armor and we're, we're talking about for you to even be able to say you belong to God these are scriptures amen so it says um starting at verse 5 for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit the things of the spirit for to be carnal minded is dead but to be spiritually minded is life and peace so what that is saying is if you're someone that you're always about worldly things or fleshly things um then it's letting you know that i'm i'm pausing so i i don't make a mistake so it's letting you know that they're in the flesh for those that um they belong to god and they have the spirit of god their mind is always on godly things they always they're always thinking of ways to please god amen so they're always spiritually minded. They're always um, before God. They're always seeking his will, not their own. Amen. So um, 7 says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So it's talking about that anything in the flesh that you like, that you're doing, is actually an enemy of God. So that's why daily we have to stay in our word. Daily we have to pray. For those that belong to God. Amen. Because if you are not um, in your word and you are not 
before the Lord and you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. And this is the difference between the, the children of God and the children that are saying they're of God. There's a difference. You know what I'm saying? Uh, even Jesus said it. Jesus said, you're going to come and say, Lord, Lord, I cast out demons in your name. And he said, depart from me, workers in iniquity. I know you not because you never stop sinning. You understand what I'm saying? So he's not saying that they said they cast out demons. He's saying, yes, you, anything you put your mind to, you can, you can pr predict and tell your mind to do because your mind is that powerful. But if you don't have holiness and righteousness to, to go along with the teachings of God and you're not obeying the Holy Spirit, if you're saying you're a Christian, but you're still lying, you're still stealing, you're still doing wrong, then you never was a child of God because you're still doing those things and you're saying that God cannot save you, which is a lie because he says there are no condemnation unto those that belong to him, right? He also said that Everything that you used to do, behold, all old things have passed away. Everything was made new. So that means your past behavior shouldn't be reflecting into your future. You hear what I'm saying? <clears throat> so it's, it's telling you, and this, we're talking about this because we're going to get into the meaning of who has the armor. Do you, and you need to question yourself and you need to go before God and get in your Bible and say, you know, I don't, I don't have the armor or I do have the armor, but you need to do like a self-checklist on yourself with the word of God, because it will be sad that you think you're saved and everybody's making you sit, think you're saved and you're doing wrong. And then on judgment day, you're one of those people that Jesus says, depart from me, work of iniquity. I know you not. Right. So it goes on to say, um, but you are not in the flesh, right? Remember your flesh cannot please God. The way your flesh is telling you how things feel and how you should go, it cannot please God. Your flesh is against God always. It says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. So he identify what spirit has to be in you. Amen. He says, um, now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ. He is not his. I'm amazed of how this is in the Bible. And a lot of people think that it's okay to say, I am a Christian. I am saved, but I don't have the Holy Spirit. When the Bible states, Jesus is saying, God is saying, the Holy Spirit is saying, you must have God. That's, what Je that's why Jesus died and went back. He said that he may send the comforter to you. That will lead, teach you, and guide you to this world. Amen. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But if the spirit, the, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. So if you have the Holy Spirit, is what we just talked about. If you have the Holy Spirit, your your flesh is dead to sin. You don't desire to sin. You don't desire anything that even um, uh, replicate or implicate. I'm going to sin. Amen. Um, he says, because you have the Holy Spirit, right? So, uh, 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 but the spirit is this, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Amen. So the more you do wrong, the more you keep thinking, um, 
this 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 is um the more you keep thinking okay i'm saved so i can do what i want god understand you understand i can keep having that person on the side i can keep messing with someone's husband i can keep lying stealing fornicating you understand what i'm saying i can keep doing all this stuff and i say i go to church as long as i go to church on sunday and i sit there with everyone and then i walk back out and nothing in my life has changed no behavior no attitude nothing in my life has changed so the bible is saying that if that's you that you do not belong to jesus christ right and i always talk to people like this i said if if you you have kids right and you have a stranger come in your house you understand just walk up in your house and walk in your kid's bed what would you do you look at him like he's crazy and you'll call the cops right but yet we have everyday people that want to walk up into god's kingdom and think they own it and don't have anything to do with it don't want anything to do with it and god is god is making this illustration to show us this is how he feels about people that's saying they belong to him but really don't belong to him amen so th it's very important that we understand this is the first part of your armor to even be able to execute anything spiritually or to speak any blessings or anything spiritually you have to be able to make sure you first belong to god belonging to god is not just a word but it's an act you have to walk it out. You have to live what you're talking about. That's what we're going to talk about putting on the armor. People think because I go to church, I read my Bible, I haven't changed, I haven't stopped doing anything, I haven't sinned, I hold malice, I, I didn't repent for anything. They think that they're okay, but they're really not. Jesus is saying that to put on the full armor of God, first you must belong to him. That is like, think about you going into the army without join, joining the army, without going through recruiting process, without going through anything and just standing in front of the, the high leaders of the army and saying, hey, I'm, I'm one of you guys and I'm here. They will kick you out. And so what the illustration of this is, is the same way when you mock God, right? When demons see you, that's how they see you. Because they know you don't have that uniform on. They know you don't belong to that army. And this is what God is talking about. So, so, so this, this discussion is going to get real good. Amen. Okay, so the first part of can I just put on God's armor without belonging to God? That's the main question. No. No. We, we can't put on God's armor because if you don't belong to God, right? That goes to say, um, what is it? Um, Ezekiel 57, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and what is it? 57 and 14. Let's go to Ezekiel 57 and 14. And then let's see. Is, is it 54? 54. I'm sorry. Ezekiel 54. What is Ezekiel? Chapter 54 and Isaiah. I'm sorry. Isaiah 54. There must be something in Ezekiel that I need. Isaiah 54. Because we, we, we don't want to just talk. Amen. We're learning together. Um, and, 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 um, 
50, Isaiah 54, and um, let's do 16 and 17, right? It says, Behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the spoiler to destroy. 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. So, so <laughs> the, the, the people quote this part, but they don't go to the beginning and quote the beginning part, right? So what we're doing now is laying a foundation and an anchor for who can wear the armor, who can put on the armor of God, who should and can wear that spiritual uniform. Do you understand? So God is clarifying only his children can wear these armor. Only his children has the authority to fight. What kind of children? The kind that says they're saved but do what they want or the kind that lives holy no matter at what cost, they keep living for him. So he's talking about righteousness, right? He deems his children righteous according to their works, you know. According to your works. Okay, let's jump back to Ephesians 6, right? Okay. Uh, uh, we, we, we... He said, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having grid your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So that's the first piece of armor that you have to put on. The breastplate of righteousness. Um, a breastplate covers your heart. Amen. Jesus says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. He also said, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. Right? So he's talking spiritually and physically. There act, there's actions and things you must be doing in order to protect your heart. You understand? You can't be unwise when it comes to matters of the heart. So he's, he's saying... Grid your waist with truth, right? Mm-hmm. Grid your waist. So your waist is, is the belt of truth. What is the belt of truth? It's the word of God, right? Everything mm-hmm. you're going through, there's an answer for it in the word of God. No matter how bad you think it is, no matter how good you think it is. All everything that you're going through, everything you see going on on this earth, been here long before you got here. Every tactic of the enemy has been here before you got here. You understand what I'm saying? So putting on the belt of truth means what? It means that when you go through anything, whether it be good or bad, you will know what God says about it because you study your word. You understand? You won't compromise. If you go to put on your outfit, right? So you got a nice outfit. You have pants, a blouse or a shirt, and you have your heels amen now to bring that outfit together for that pants because that pants covers all your undergarments amen the blouse cover your undergarments so we're going to say the blouse is the breastplate the pants need to be held up by something amen so your belt of truth holds your outfit together amen 
So the truth of God, get this, holds your emotions together. It corrects you. It rebukes you. It chastises you. And it brings you back into the will of God. The belt of truth. People think the belt of truth. Now when you when you try to tell a brother or sister something, if they say they're your brother or sister, and you try to correct them, right? They say, no. oh, you can't judge me. Only God can judge me. If they know their Bible, then they go to 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. They'll know when they say that, it means they don't belong to God. Because God said he judges the sinner. But the church must handle the affair of anyone that falls out of line. And if they won't stop, the Bible in the book of Corinthians tells them to put them out of the church. Come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. It says if a brother or sister don't want to stop sinning, he says you must take one first. Then if they still won't stop, take another two. Then if they still won't stop, you must bring them before the elders and the elders must cast them out. The elder says, when you see them in the street, turn your head the other way. This is your Bible. Why? God considers disobedience to be a serious thing. God considers someone that keeps falling to be a serious thing. You're going to contaminate the rest of the people. Do you understand? If one person is allowed to keep sinning, then the others will say, well, why can't we do it? Come on, somebody. So your belt of truth is not going to feel good all the time. When you have to correct or rebuke yourself or anybody else as being a man or woman of God, it's not going to feel good. Because that's the belt of truth. You must always wear that. You cannot be a respect of persons. You cannot compromise because you like this person more than you like this person. You must correct them equally on God's righteous judgment platform. You understand? So you must know the truth for yourself. You can't just go talk to people if the Holy Spirit is not teaching you. Amen? So you must know the truth for yourself. That's why it's very important to pray and spend time with God. So that God can open your discerning. He can heighten your spiritual senses to know what is right and what is wrong. And show you in the word where those things are. Amen. So you here you have the belt of truth. The belt of truth means I will speak the truth. Even if other someone has to come tell me the truth and I don't like it. I must receive the truth. Do you understand? Because that's the word of God. I won't compromise the truth based on my emotions or how I feel or how somebody else feels. That's why we went before and we broke down why you shouldn't let your flesh in Romans 8 tell you what is what. Why? It will come between you and God, you know. So your belt of truth must be on. Your walk is not based on your emotions or how you feel or how someone treats you. Your walk is based on the truth and the word of God. And you being led by the Holy Spirit. You understand? A lot of people I hear, a lot of people say, I don't like church because this person, this or church is this or church. No, you are that. Because those people didn't die on the cross for you. Jesus Christ did. And all you're doing is using an excuse to not do what you're being called to do. You understand what I'm saying? If you look at people, you will never make it to heaven. But if you look at Jesus Christ one step at a time, 
with his mercy and his grace, you will make it. And you will overcome every single thing that you think you couldn't overcome. But if you watch people's actions and people's moods and people's walk, you will never make it. Because that's what the enemy wants. Pastor T said that when Peter, Jesus called Peter to come out. Peter, Peter wanted to walk on water like he saw Jesus did. And the minute he took his eyes off of Jesus, he started sinking. The minute we stop praying and we stop spending time, personal time, deep time with God, we start sinking. And some of us are so um, blinded to see that sometimes God allows certain troubles to step up. So you'll understand, hey, you didn't spend enough time with me. Hey, I need to talk to you about this. Hey, I need to guide you through this. You understand what I'm saying? So remember what your belt of truth is. Your belt of truth is not your emotions. It's not who you see not living for Christ. And that's your excuse to sin. Because God is not going to say, you saw this person sin. So he's going to chastise you. You're going to hell for what you did. You understand what I'm saying? You're not going to hell because you saw somebody else did it and then you did it. You're going to hell for what you did and that person's going to hell for what they did if they don't repent. So that's the belt of truth. The belt of truth is not just you giving it out, but you must understand that this is something I must live. My emotions, my flesh, none of that can guide me. The word of God has to guide me. It doesn't matter how I feel about a matter. What does God's word say about that matter? And that's what you put into effect. Amen. Matthew 4 and 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. And when God speaks what God says about it, I don't care if it looks upside down, tipsy, turn it inside out. It will, it, will, it will do what God said it is going to do. Because he said his word does not return unto him void. Right? Now your waist is the belt of truth. You understand what truth is. God's truth. Now, let's put on the, the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness covers all the essential organs that can damage your body. All of it. Righteousness. So, up on top of it, he said, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Why? Because everything that comes out of your mouth will come out of your heart. So if you're someone that you have God fill up in there, his word fill up in there, that's all you want to talk about. That's going to revolve around you. But if you're someone that have a lot of flesh in there, a lot of darkness in there, a lot of evil in there, that's what's going to come out too. So that's why he said, guard your heart. Putting on the breastplate of righteous means the way I'm living, right living before God. Righteousness, mm -hmm. holiness. He said, be holy for I am holy. We must mimic him, not anybody else. Jesus Christ and the Father. And with the Holy Spirit, you can do it. He says, put on your breastplate of righteousness. No matter how I feel about a matter, you have the belt of truth. That brings my heart into alignment with the will and the word of God. God says, I must not date outside of his will. I won't do that. God says, I must not hang with people that's not in his will. I won't do that. God says, I must spend more time with him to become more holy and righteous. That when stuff pops up, my spirit is stronger than my flesh. I must do that. God says, I must watch my mouth no matter who curse at me and say different things to me. I must do that. Come on. 
Breastplate of righteousness is how you're living. How are you living? And if God were to come to you today, do you have it on? Because it's not a word. It's an action. It's a decision. You understand? So put on your whole breastplate of righteousness, right? Amen. Uh, 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 uh. It says, and having shut your feet with the preparation of the gospel. Right? So now, a lot of us, this is where a lot of us are failing. And I notice I say us. Because uh-huh. to have, have on the full armor means you need to preach the gospel with peace. <laughs> it means you need to be about your father's business. Come on, somebody. With peace. He didn't say that you wouldn't have opposition. That's why he says you must do it with peace. Amen? Mm-hmm. With peace. Amen. We are not to argue God's word. We don't have to argue for God. You don't have to defend God. God is bigger than anything. What he says, you all you got to do is be like the mailman. Deliver the mail and walk away. It's up to them to open it. You already gave it to them. It's going to come to pass whether they open it or not. Come on, somebody. So the preparation of the gospel of peace, right? So you're you're being prepared every day by being in the presence of God, by learning the word and how God wants you to preach the word. You understand how God wants you to deliver a message. So that's a part of your armor. When you're not doing that, when you're not before the Lord and you're not getting a word and you're not sitting before him with your dreams and visions and your Bible and your Bible concordance to analyze what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, you are not, you do not have on your gospel. You don't have on your shoes. Because that means you're being prepared to do the will of God. You're being prepared to do the will of God. You're being prepared to do the will of God. Amen? Amen. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench, which will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So your shield of faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Everything takes you back to prayer and studying. How are you going to have faith in a God you don't spend time with? Mm. How are you going to have faith in anything if you don't know what you're fighting or what you're standing for? God says that my people suffer for lack of knowledge. knowledge. How do you get knowledge? Right? By studying. You have to study the word of God. And you have to be led by the Holy Spirit to know what the word of God is saying. Amen? So your shield of faith is activated daily. The more time you spend with God, the more time you're being prepared for his will for your life. Do you understand? The more you study, the more you allow God to work through you, the stronger your faith becomes. It's like dating someone, right? Mm-hmm. When you first date someone, you want the first date, you start asking them, hey, let's talk a little bit about who you are, your name, where you've been, what you've done, you know, and you get into all of that stuff. The second date, you start getting deeper. The third, by the third date, you know if this person is worth staying with or leaving. 
You understand what I'm saying? I would think you know that by the first date, but some people take a lot longer than some. You understand? I I would do it in the first five minutes. You know what I'm saying? Um, but by the time you get done in this walk with this person, now you know this is the one I want to marry the person. You understand what I'm saying? And this is how your relationship is with God. But too many times we take time away from God and we don't understand that that's why your faith is connected. You understand? When you go through something and he shows up for you, that built your faith. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because he showed up for you, you know, but we take that for granted. We're like these husbands and wives that neglect the first love. You understand? Like I said, let's go back to the dating thing. When you first date, they bring you flowers and perfume and all nice things, you know? They wooing you. They wooing you. I got to get her. I got to get her. I got to get her. Now, after they get you, if you can get a conversation out of them for more than five minutes, that's a lot. Mm. You're bothering them if they're watching football or basketball. Come on, somebody. You understand? And vice versa. If she wants to go out with her friends or get her nails done, you're bothering her. You understand? We got to make this platform even, amen? Mm-hmm. So, if you take that person for granted, then that person will lose trust in you. Amen? If you take yeah. God for granted, how are you, by neglecting God and his word and his time with him, how are you going to have stronger faith? Because the word and God comes hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. And with faith comes the word. And with word comes works. But if you don't have God, you don't have the faith. And then some people are just doing the works. And then they they think that's okay being apart from God. But Jesus said, if you abide in me, I will abide in you. Right? Okay. Um, So that's your shield. Okay? That's your shield. Now we come to the helmet and take... Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So you have your helmet and your sword now. These are the, the, the two other pieces of your armor. What is your helmet doing? It protects your brain. What does that mean? You have to protect your taught life. You have to understand Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. But not just understand it. You have to protect your taught life. What you think about. What you read, what you study, what you watch is what you're going to think about. You understand? If you feed, your heart and your head are connected, right? So if you allow, if you, if you sin and you don't repent right away, what you have done is you've opened your heart to now to mess with your mind. Do you know that? You've opened your heart to now mess with your mind because you have blemished, you've took off the, the breastplate of righteousness. You've take, taken off the breastplate of righteousness. So by taking off the breastplate of righteousness, your heart is now exposed. Now, because your heart is exposed, your helmet is not on. You hear me? Your helmet is not on. So now your mind, because now your heart told your mind what to do and vice versa. So you know, your mind is like, oh man, we're waking too long. God taking too long with my spouse. Or God doing this or God doing this. Or she messing with me. I don't need to talk to her no more. I feel like cussing her out. And da, 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 da. And all of that start happening because that came off. All because you didn't go plug in with the Lord. You understand? 
So now your mind is exposed. Your mind is exposed. You are thinking all kind of crazy stuff. All kind of lustful things will come to the eyes of the flesh. Come on, somebody. Your mind is going to be doing a lot of tipsy-topsy-turvy thing. But have no fear. Guess what? If you were studying your word, that is your sword. Everything Jesus did, and he's the son of God, when the enemy came against him and met you, he spoke the word. Everything was the word. The word. The word. Matthew chapter 4. He spoke the word. The word. The word. In every situation you go to, you have to speak the word. Why? The word is not yours. It is God's word. And it will do what it's set to do. So he says, this is the sword that you must use. The word of God. A lot of saints are walking around. And people can tell them anything. And they feel like, oh, it's okay. No. Bless you in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Jesus says, if they curse you, bless them in his name. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Bless them in his name. You have to know your word. Amen? The sword, Amen. how are you going to use a sword if you had no training with it? So how are you going to speak the word of God if you've never studied or you're not studying? Come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. How are you going to fight spiritually and physically, which is speaking in tongues and speaking in the physical with the word if you never pray a lot in spirit and in truth? Come on, somebody. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So you have the sword, which is the word. And you have to know more than one verse, just to let you know. It's your job every day when you get up to study the word of God. It's your job every day when you get up to armor up. So that's not, oh, I put on the helmet of salvation and I put on the bread. No, that's not how that works. That's, this goes by the way you live. That's how that's on. By the way you live, that's how that gets on you. And you're supposed to keep it on. It's not something that you take off. It's something, even when you're in the shower, it's supposed to still be on. Come on, somebody. Amen. Uh, okay, we talked about the sword, which is you must know the word of God. And get, guess what? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. There we go. We just read Romans 8, right? Talks mm-hmm. about that you to be a child of God, you must have the Holy Spirit. Why does he say in the spirit? Because you must speak in his spiritual language. Amen. It is not one tongues. It is diverse tongues. And let me explain something to you. The Holy Spirit can never curse God. Come on, somebody. So Amen. when you're praying in the spirit, that means you, the Holy Spirit has taken control. And he's the one that pulls down. He's the one that's going to... When you pray and when you study, what you're doing is you're, you're filling your flesh up so that when this time comes... Your flesh can keep up with the Holy Spirit, you know. If, the, if your flesh, you haven't fed your flesh nothing but foolishness, then your flesh can't keep up with the Holy Spirit. That's why you don't want to pray a lot. That's why you don't want to read a lot. That's why you don't want to be uh, 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 into any prayer groups. That's why you don't want to fast no more. Come on, somebody. Because you're feeding your flesh. And remember, your flesh hates God. It hates God. God hates it. You understand? 
God sent your spirit, not your flesh, to do the job. Come on, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So praying always, right? And he said praying in the spirit. In the spirit. So what is God saying? Part of our armor is even when we're walking around or we're quiet to ourselves is to be praying with tongues in our head. Do you hear me? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Being watchful of this to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So we are to intercede nonstop for the body of Christ. Mm. That is our top priority. Praying for the body of Christ. Our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Amen. And for me the utterance may be given to me. That I may open my mouth boldly. To make known the mysteries of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in chains. That in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And this is Paul talking. Okay. This is Paul talking. He he didn't even want no wife. He was like, I'm I I got I I've, I've been giving trouble so long that I barely got enough work to get done. And he ran with everything he got for God until they killed him. Do you understand? Hallelujah. 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 The helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the the armor of God, the shield of faith. And while you're holding up that shield, you have to pull that sword out and use it. So while you're going to warfare, whatever situation it is, stop playing with the devil. Pull up your shield first, which is your faith. This is what the Bible says about me. Write sticky notes. Stick it around your house. Stick it in your kitchen. Stick it in your face so you understand who you are if you, tre- you tend to forget sometimes. You understand what I'm saying? And that's your sword and your shield. I know flesh what you're saying. I know devil what you're saying. But this is what God said. This is what God said. This is what God said. And you bring your flesh in alignment with the Holy Spirit. In full alignment. Amen. And this is daily the army of God. Not I'm going to speak it and it appears on. This is daily the armor of God. Daily. Daily. I have to pick up my sword. I have to read the word. Daily. A shield of faith got to go up. Daily. I have to speak what God has spoken over me and spend time with my father. Daily. My helmet of salvation. Knowing that I am not here by accident. And God paid a price by sending his son for me. Come on somebody. The belt of truth. No matter how I feel about a matter, it is what the word of God say about it. And that's it. The preparation of the gospel of peace. I am in preparation for the will of God for my life to preach the word of God. Come on, somebody. 
How can you say you have the full armor on when you don't even know the word of God? How can you say you can even enter this army when you don't belong to him? Amen. 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 So I'm going to open the floor before we close. For those of you that have something to say about what you understand about the word and what you would want to say to someone else about the word that you just heard. I think um, the most important thing is, like you said at the beginning, you got to have on the full armor. Because without the full armor, you leave... Uh, opening for the enemy. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the helmet on, he has an opening. If you don't have, there's a reason why God said the full armor and he labeled every little piece because just a slight opening, that's all it takes. Mm-hmm. Just like when you're in war or you're in battle, if you don't have one of those things and you're supposed to have it, you're going to you're gonna get hit, you're going to get affected, or you can, you can eventually die. So it's the reason why he said... Put on the full armor. Not mm-hmm. put on one thing. Not uh, maybe one or two. Maybe this. He said, put on the full armor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, because he knows this is is all he needs is a the enemy needs is a, a little opening. Oh, he didn't put his shoes on today. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He didn't. His his shield of faith is not up today. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got some for him. Mm-hmm. You know, because he knows the armor of God. Yes, he's been yeah. he's lost a lot of times facing the armor of God. Yes. And now we can't because get he can't see, he can't see yeah. who's under that armor. Yeah. He sees just yeah. the Lord, you know. He just sees Jesus. It's when you don't put it on that he knows it's you. Mm-hmm. 